Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly
to the next song I know that some people some people's preference is not to choose the songs that maybe have super repetitive lyrics you know it's okay if that's your preference Um, but I'm reminded of the places in the Bible where it says in heaven what are they already singing to him over and over and over again holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty and you know what I believe that our God doesn't ever tire of that. 
And I believe that the same would be true in our lives, that as we would sing praise to him day after day, hour by hour, minute by minute, he does not tire. Even if we were to sing the same thing minute after minute, right? Praise to him every moment of our lives. And so I just challenge you as we sing this, if that's something that's in the back of your mind, I can't believe we're singing this over and over again. It's practice for heaven, folks. It's right here. Singing praise to him. Let's sing this. Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold, like of all that is tested, like a covenant of old. Your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today. Faithful you It's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips.
Father is perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. God, you are perfect in all of your ways to It's love so Especially when, Father, when those ways are not our ways. Good reminder, Lord, of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of our need for you. And we thank you, Lord, for showing up in the midst of this group of needy people. Flawed, we're tired, we're weary, we're perhaps frustrated, or we're uncertain or confused, yet here you are with us. Others, Lord, undoubtedly have come expectant, ready, excited about being here with you. We come as, a, as a, this mixture of people from different places, experiencing different things, worshiping perfect God. Lord, we thank you today for the opportunity to gather before you. Lord, we do need you. Even in the best of days, when things are going well, Lord, we need you. Especially, Lord, in the worst of days, when nothing seems to be going right, we need you. Those days, Father, when we receive good news, glad tidings, encouraging words, we need to be reminded, Father, of your goodness. Those days, Lord, where the news isn't so great, the diagnosis is not encouraging, the hope might look bleak for our tomorrows. We need you. God, I pray this morning that we would push aside for a few moments what awaits us this afternoon. Those things, Father, that are heavy on our hearts, while those are real burdens that you care deeply about, may, may they not get in the way of our experiencing and recognizing your presence, of hearing your voice, responding to your call. Lord, you are a good, good Father. 
you're our everlasting God. Lord, it's a privilege and an honor and a a good day for us to be able to gather in your presence this morning. Remind us, Lord, you are the audience. We are the worshipers. While we need to hear you, while we need, Lord, to experience your presence, we best do that by beginning to acknowledge who it is that you are, lifting you up, hallowing your name, putting you in the right place. And Lord, surrendering our ways so that we would have more capacity to embrace your ways. Lord, have your way with us as we open up your word, take us deeper, show us something new. I think there's something that you have for each one of us this morning, and we don't want to miss it. Lord, we give you the freedom We just ask, God, that you would speak into our hearts today. Help us to leave this place different than how we've come. For every time in Scripture where someone encounters God, they are changed. May the same be true for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I received some bad news this morning. Someone whispered to me that they're calling for snow flurries this week. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. That is... Bad news. I'm not ready for that, and I don't know if anybody's ever ready for that. If you are, let's talk afterwards, because you've got something wrong. You need to work on it. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. We're, we're glad you're here today. Thanks for choosing to worship with us. We are excited about what God is doing. Uh, we started a conversation last week uh, called Life Hacks, going through the book of James. Uh, the book of James is a very practical book. It, it, it helps us uh, put our faith into action, helps us, helps us practice what it is that we say that we believe. And when you think about a life hack, a life hack is, is one of those things that's a clever tip or a technique or it's a shortcut that makes life easier, makes tasks easier. Uh, you can also think of them as, as creative or improvised solutions to common problems if you want to give it an official definition. But a true life hack is simple and it's easy. And if, if you have any uh, recollection or experiences with duct tape, you've been doing life hacks for a long time. And that is the ultimate life hack. And you can just list it all, list off countless things you can do with duct tape, and, and I think that's where it all began with this idea of life hacks. But James helps us take the things in Scripture that might seem um, at times challenging, or maybe we don't know how to put them into practice, or, or this idea of faith, the thing that we call faith, belief in God. What does it look like in our day-to-day? And he gives us these, these duct tape ways to put them into practice. Last week we talked about in James chapter 1, uh, this call to worship. How on the surface it might seem like it's one thing, but instead James is asking us to go a little bit deeper and understand that it's, it's, it's more than that. It goes underneath the surface and helps us understand what true worship is all about. And, and today, I want to talk about, quite simply, words. And this understanding that our words have power. Uh, the power to build up and the power to tear down. If I'd ask you to pause for a moment, you can think of uh, perhaps specific examples in your life where words have lifted you up. You've, you've heard good news. It's changed your life. You've also heard moments undoubtedly that have been disappointing or, or not so good news that have torn you down. Words can make us laugh. For instance, this past uh, last week, Thursday, my kids had McTeacher night at McDonald's. Uh, so I took them there and I, and, and I ate a kid's meal for dinner. Right? I'm at McDonald's. His mother was not very happy with me. I ate a kid's meal for dinner. His mother was not very happy with me. 
See, words can make us laugh, or in that instance, make us cry. So uh, that's quite all right. How about this one? Words can make us laugh. My dog was chewing on an electrical cord, so I had to ground her. <laughs> She's currently behaving much better. Currently behaving much better. Yeah, so see, so laugh or cry. I get it. So that, that was intentional. They can bring discouragement. Words can bring hurt. Words can bring despair. I'm leaving you. You're fired. Cancer has spread. Words that just tend, tend to come with a cloud to weigh us down. Or words can bring glad tidings of great joy and hope. You're pregnant. You got the job. Will you marry me? For the cancer is gone. Your words have this incredible influence over our lives. It's how we communicate. It's how we share. Words are how we worship. And often how we pray. Our words have power to build us up or to tear us down. And as we talk about life hacks in the book of James, we see the power of words. In fact, the tongue, James refers to the tongue and the power the tongue has in every chapter of his book. In each chapter of James, there's a reference of, of the tongue and its power and its impact on our lives. Today we're going to focus on James chapter 3. In James chapter 3, verses 3 through 6, there's this kind of soliloquy that James gives us in regards to our mouths. It begins in verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example, James writes. Although they're so large and are driven by large and strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Then in verse 5, he takes these analogies and he makes them personal. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great, fork, what great a forest is set on fire by just a small spark. In verse 6, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell pretty strong writing from James. This brother of Jesus talking about how the tongue uh, is something that corrupts the whole body. But what he's talking about is not just the part, but the power behind it. The power of the spoken word. Or in our culture, the typed, texted, or even tweeted word. Our words are significant. They tell a story beyond what it is that we're trying to communicate. They either build up or they tear down. Rudyard Kipling writes, words are the most powerful drug used by mankind. Sharp words make more wounds than surgeons can heal, he writes. Always keep your words soft and sweet. One day, you may have to eat them. Maybe as a kid, you remember saying on the playground, when someone would say something mean to you or call you a name, we would say, of course, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will. And of course, we know that's hogwash not true. Words do hurt. That's just our way of responding to a hurtful word that's been shared with us. We would often hear that and we'd respond, well, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. We don't like to be hurt. We don't like to be in those situations. We don't like for people to see things in us that we don't want them to see or to see us in ways that maybe aren't true. Even Solomon in his wisdom recognized the power of words. 117 proverbs 
on the tongue. 117. They matter. And I want us today to understand that they matter. The words that we hear, the words that have been said about us, but also the words that we've said or continue to say. Our words have power. And what we do with them, how we treat them, how we use them in regards to one another, has a lot to say about what's going on underneath the surface in our own lives. Let's review really quickly. Last week we talked about James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Pure worship, James is telling us, ultimately puts God first, and that's reflected in our caring for the least. We are, as worshipers of God, to put widows and orphans first, to care for the least of the least, James is saying. But that's not just your only act of worship. That's just a reflection of who God is in your life. If he's number one, then you're going to care deeply about the ones he cares about, widows and orphans, the ones that society rejects, the ones society has no care for. And I'm not talking about today, I'm talking about biblical days. They had no status in culture at that time. So James is telling us, if you are a worshiper, if you love God, you care for the ones that no one else cares about. That's worship that God the Father finds and accepts as pure and faultless. So again, that's an underneath-the-surface way of communicating. And James has a way throughout his book of saying more with less, of communicating practically yet profoundly. In the same way, James is saying more when he refers to the tongue in James chapter 3. One of James's instances of using the tongue in chapter 1 goes like this. Those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceives themselves, and their religion is worthless. Their worship is worthless. Their, their practice of their faith is worthless, he writes. Now, I, I don't know how, that's pretty bold. For me to stand before you today and tell you that your religion or, or, your, or, your, or your, your practice of your faith and the way that you, you express your worship of God is worthless, I, I don't feel like I, I have that uh, capacity yet, but Scripture tells us those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. Now, why can James say that? Why is that something he has no problem talking about? We flip back to Luke chapter 6, verse 45. We see that Jesus says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. When we say that we believe, when we say that God means something to us, when we say we want to worship him, but out of the mouth we bring words that aren't helpful, words instead that are hurtful, what Jesus himself tells us is what's coming out, what's been stored on the inside. Well, what's coming out is really what's underneath the surface. When the mouth speaks, it speaks of what the heart is full of. And the way that we use our words, the way that we communicate, well, we often we find ourselves complaining, criticizing, cursing, Staring down, judging, name-calling, belittling, yelling. There's so many ways. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, let's go back a few weeks ago, and I love how God weaves the, these different teachings together. We talked about the, the filling of, of the Holy Spirit and the Plato filling, this inside-out filling, and this is the application of that filling. What fills us eventually, church, comes out of us. 
especially seen in our words. For the mouth speaks of what the heart is full of. What's on the inside always comes out. Here's a life truth for us today. Once words leave our mouths, they are uncontainable, uncontrollable. Like the tube, or the toothpaste in the tube, once it comes out, there's no putting it back in. It, there's no way of going back and, and, and grabbing a hold of it. Have you ever said something you regret? And you spend time chasing after those words you've said, trying to make it right. And, and often by, by grace, people will forgive us. They'll, they'll accept our apologies. But the wound that's been inflicted by our words leaves a scar, leaves a mark. It changes us, the ones that have heard it and also the ones that have said it, spoken it. James knows that these words give testimony to, to eyes, ultimately, though, church, that are not focused on God. When we use our words in such a way as to tear down, our, our gaze is turned in a different direction, not towards God, but rather towards ourselves. I could spend a long time driving home that point, but I think it's simple. Our words reflect what's inside us. Our words reflect who is inside of us. Our words reflect who it is that we're focused on, who it is that has control. James wants us to recognize that. Yes, the tongue is powerful, it's so powerful that it simply is a reflection of what's going on in here. Are we using our words? Complain? Easy. To blame? Certainly. To look at others and see their faults and shortcomings and the inconvenience they provide or cause to us? Here we might find temporary satisfaction, but it doesn't last. It makes us feel good for a moment, but eventually we're still left with what's inside of here. I wonder, how do we find the joy? Where, where do we find hope once again? Where is it that God then fills us up with something different? What does it look like to live a life that's filled by his spirit, to replace what's on the inside, to take ourselves out, to let God kind of flood in? What does that look like? The tongue can hurt, it can corrupt, it can curse. Or, is there another option? The good news for us today is, yes, there is. I can spend a lot of time focusing on the negative. And for a while as I was writing, that, that seemed to be what kept coming up. And then there was a moment where God said, I want you to pause for a moment, Brian, and I want you to think about that there's some good things that can come out of our words. He took me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, where he says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. That's exciting. That's good news. Have you tried to go through a day without grumbling, complaining, or arguing? What a difference that makes in our day-to-day and -day our lives. Words can bring death or words can bring life. The life hack I have for you today, the simple and easy way to practice our faith is to Sometimes, church, we just need to shut up. We just need to be quiet. We just need to just stop and pause for a moment. And in those moments, we start to choose carefully, intentionally what we say. In those quiet moments, we find ourselves not talking, but instead listening. James chapter 1, verse 19, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to 
listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak. How many of us get that backwards in our life every week, sometimes every day? We're quick to speak and slow to listen. That's why wise quit elbowing your husbands. We, we understand, we, we get it, we've been there. But we need to look at what Scripture says. Let's listen first. And if we need to, speak. That our lives can produce the righteousness that God desires. Have we been impacted by negative words? Yes. Do they hurt? Sure. Do many of us carry scars from those words? We do. But I, church, I want to tell you today, there is hope for us to be had. There's healing for us to, to gain when we then surrender what it is, those hurts, and give them to God and let him do something with them that we can't do on our own. Because we've also been encouraged from life-giving words. And we, just as Paul says in Philippians, can let our light shine amongst the darkness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. It would be so easy for us, church, to focus on the negative. We've all been there. Maybe you've been there this week. Maybe you're still carrying around uh, some, some bad days for some hurtful words that you've, you've heard or have been directed towards you this very week. Get it. It's easy to stay there, to hold on to our frustration, to our, our hurt, to reflect on those moments. We might still carry them with us. Some of you have been carrying hurtful words for a very long time. But today I want us to kind of shift gears. And I want to share good words with you, hopeful words with you this morning. For those that you have, if you've said hurtful words, I pray that God's speaking to you. Maybe there's some things you need to go home and fix this week. Or go to the office and change. Maybe even talk to your wives or your, your husbands or your children, your family members. Maybe there's some apologies that need to be shared. Some I'm sorry. Those are powerful. Those are restorative words. We might need, though, to hear different words. So I felt led to close in a little bit slightly different way today. And I have some friends that are going to come and help me. And if you haven't been built up lately, if you haven't been encouraged, if no one has told you that you are loved, that you're special, that you're valued, if God feels distant, you're struggling to hear his words, I wanted to make sure that you didn't leave today without hearing good words. So as my helpers come, we're going to close today by blessing you this morning. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to just close your eyes and just hear. Hear his words today. Words from Scripture that this is not something you probably haven't heard before, but maybe you need to hear them this morning. I invite you to close your eyes. Let's rest in his presence. I want you to hear his voice this morning. May you be encouraged. May you be built up as we're instructed to do God's word. Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart.
tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Proverbs 35. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield for those who take refuge in him. 1 Peter 5.7 Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Isaiah 40.31 40, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 43.2 When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that we may overfill with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have told you these things so that in me and you have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, who, that whoever believes him, in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you, are, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident, confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. With my song I will praise him. Psalm 34.4 I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 55 verse 22 Cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. I pray for you this morning. Father, as we shared when we opened, we've come perhaps weary or tired. Maybe even overwhelmed or uncertain of what tomorrow might look like. Lord, that we can be assured, no matter what it is we've heard this week or what it is that we've been told, Lord, in our culture today, that the news is filled with, with, with words that is meant to shake us, meant to get a reaction from us, meant to stir us, meant to provoke us. Lord, I pray that we would not just watch the words we speak, but also watch the words that we voluntarily let in. They have power. We've heard good news today. Encouraging words. Purposeful from our Creator, from His Son. Words, Lord, that show us the value we have, how much we are loved. No matter what it is this world says to us, Lord, nothing can trump that. We thank you, Lord, for being willing to, to hear us, 
even when our words don't make sense, even when they're a little bit out of line, even when we're confused. God, I pray you'd help us, as James instructs, to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Lord, live a life of righteousness as you have described it May our worship, Lord, be pure and acceptable before you as you have instructed us. May, Lord, out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouths speak. May, Lord, what's on the inside come out. May we not be afraid of that because, Lord, I pray that today that you would start to push us out and create space for more of you. For those, Lord, that need to hear encouraging words today, may they receive what it is that you've spoken to them. And, God, for those who need to speak encouraging words, may you give us your word. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for creating us in your image. Thank you, Lord, for speaking into our lives hope, good news, promises that will forever be true. God, I pray that in response, we would do the same. Name we pray. Amen. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You've been blessed this morning. Receive his good words and share them with others. Have a great afternoon.